This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And let me tell you something, Av. Everything you hear on a podcast is pure crap. You look very nice tonight, by the way. I'm Av Sinensky, and I wouldn't say we're a sexist podcast. We just don't happen to know any women that know how to podcast. (laughs) I'm Jess Sterling, and yes, that's Pess Sterling with a J. (laughs) Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends a friends podcast between pretty good friends, three pretty good friends today. We are here to discuss season one, episode 18, the one with all the poker, which originally aired on March 2nd, 1995. And Av, we have a third friend today. We do have a third friend. Uh, We're very excited to be joined by Jess Sterling herself. Uh, You may know her as a mainstay on post-show recaps. very notably to tonight's discussion she's also the host of a podcast called shit 90s shows taught me um this being one of those 90s shows uh we are certain that she'll have all sorts of great insights to share with us just welcome to pretty good friends thank you so much for having me i absolutely love friends it is a 90s staple it is like a comfort show for me and i'm really jazzed to talk about this episode Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of opened up the book to you. You said you wanted to come on. I said, what episode, any ep- season, what episode we were up to like, mm-hmm. I don't know, eight at that point. And you chose the one with all the poker. Uh, what was, uh, what was that choice about? Or is, is this, is this, uh, the, t- the type of episode you like, is it particularly this episode? Yeah, I really, my, my favorite friends episodes usually involve all of the friends in one room. I love the one with the blackout, like really anything where all of them are forced to be in one place at one time. I love the chemistry between all six friends. So, uh, and I really love this one because I love whenever uh, they're playing a competition together or playing a game together, specifically when there's one subset of friends against the other, like in this one, it's, it's men versus women. And that dynamic I think really works on this show. And of course you can't go wrong with a little bit of Ross Rachel drama thrown in the mix. Yeah. Um, this really is one of the truly iconic episodes of season one. It's like even some of the other, you know, big episodes from season one that we've seen or to come, like, I don't even associate them as much as season one episodes as I do this one. Like this to me is like the stand in. Yeah. It's really a classic. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to dig into it. What, um, just, you know, before we jump in, Alex, any, um, any unfinished business that we have to deal with? We all good? There's no unfinished business, but there is sort of business business from the end of last episode that started the beginning of this episode for me uh, and at least for one of our listeners, Jim Crumley. So I wanted to ask um, both of you if this happened. Did did um did did Max uh, did did you I assuming you watched the episode on Max if you watched it somewhere else there I'm not sure what the options are where you are Jess, um, but at least for me on Max uh, they they had a little gag to start this episode off. Did that happen to you as well? So it did not happen to me the first time I watched this episode. And then I saw Jim mention that. 
and in in the WhatsApp group, um, which again, everyone is welcome to join. We have lots of fun in there. Let's say fun. Um, and then I went to rewatch the episode just before I came on here, and yep, <laughs> it's in Spanish. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And I couldn't even figure out how to switch it. I had to like Google how do you change the language on HBO Max? And like first, really? it's giving me instructions for. It happens to be easy in the end. You hit the subtitles thing. Um, I just didn't assume that language audio would also be there. I was looking for more of like a you know listening symbol. But I got um, it eventually. Hold on. So Jess, did you watch on Max also? I watched on Max, but I didn't have anything go wrong on my watch. So, so did you watch this episode right after watching the previous? Like, you haven't been watching all the episodes along with our podcast necessarily, I assume. No, but I have watched Friends recently to the point where when I started this episode, it started at the end, and I had to restart. Yeah. So but, I don't. But know the if specific. That but the specific point is, and I think this we didn't actually say what we're talking about. <laughs> we're just referencing. Yeah. Um, the last episode ended, the post credit scene, the final scene was all in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the joke was that, you know, like Marcel had accidentally hit the remote. Right. So it turned friends to Spanish. And so when Av and I watched episode 19, which is usually, you know, when you're, especially you're watching episodes, you know, back to back to back, you finish episode 18 in Spanish, start episode 19. It was in Spanish, both for me and for Av and for uh, Jim Crumley, one of our listeners. So my assumption, and I have no proof of this, but my assumption was that Max was just doing a little uh, a gag and they said, hey, for people who are, you know, running through friends and they finish episode 18 in Spanish, let's start episode 19 for them in Spanish also as a gag. Hmm. That was my assumption. I have no idea. I I, I, I don't know if we should Google this or, or if we can even I'm fact- Googling it right I, now. I'm not seeing any yeah. discussion. But, but, but I don't know where this would be discussed. But here's even the one, but here, here's even the weirder thing of that you watched episode 19 first. It did not happen. Then Jim Crumley said the comment to you. Then you watched episode 19 and then it happened. Yeah. I watched episode uh, 18 um, myself uh, last week. It was in English with no issue. Then Jim Crumley made the comment today before I went for my second rewatch. And then it was in Spanish also. Exactly. It's a good theory. theory. But, it's but, a good but, theory. But, but what's even weirder. But it's weird that it didn't work for everyone mm-hmm. all the times. Yeah, it, it, it's very weird. And then I actually paused. I was watching the, phone, the episode on my phone. I paused the app on my phone, opened up the app on my laptop to watch the app, rest of the episode on my laptop. Uh-huh. And it reverted back to Spanish. Even so... I don't hmm. know what's going on. So Jim Crumley is somehow incepting our brains. I really don't know. What yeah. Um, well, I still definitely don't speak Spanish, despite all that. So yeah. I didn't understand a word of it. Yes. Um, okay. Um, so I guess is there any, any other language uh, barrier? No, I think we, we could jump into the episode. Just a very, very wild and strange occurrence for for both of us. Only after Jim Crumley. Uh, first yeah. Mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it's all very bizarre. Um, but we'll we'll jump on into it. The one with all the poker, written by Jeff Astroff and Mike Stickowitz, directed by James Burroughs. So we'll have our beam back and let's get right to it. But first, Pearl Jam. So I, I'm going to say that. That uh, tonight we're gonna we're the show's gonna be about friends. I actually don't know what I'm talking about exactly. And thanks so much to the aforementioned pretty good friend of ours, Jim Crumley, for sending that in um, from the September second show, uh, played by Pearl Jam in St. Paul, Minnesota. Alex, were you not in the building? I was not in the building. No, okay. I've never been in. The, I've never been in the same building as Pearl Jam. In Minnesota oh. or anywhere else. Have you ever been to the St. Paul Center or whatever it was? I would need to know more information. Which uh, I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming it's the XL Energy Center where the Wild play. If that's the case, then yes, I've been there. Okay, very cool. So let's go. We 
start out with our cold open at Rachel and Monica's place, and we got our group sitting together. Uh, they're all whistling along. This apparently is called Colonel Bogey's March. I definitely would not have known that, but I, I assume we all recognize this tune one way or another, even if we don't know where it's from. Yeah, Jess, what what words, what lyrics do you have in your mind when you hear this tune? Um, I don't have any lyrics in my uh, mind. It's just music. Is there is there words to go that go to the song? Yeah. So, well, there's many uh, versions. The words I have is from The Simpsons. Oh yeah, no. Lisa, then, her teeth are big and green. Lisa, she smells like gasoline. <laughs> okay, so so mine is actually much more puerile than that, and I thought it was the one that I was going to have as well. Now I'm embarrassed uh, to say what it is. But... <laughs> well, now you have to say. Oh, you have to share. Please do uh, share. And, and, uh, I'm sure you've heard this one before. Scrotum. Uh, sounds familiar. Scrotum, it is a piece of skin. Scrotum, it keeps your testes in. Scrotum, don't overload them or you'll explode them. I mean, I have to sing this whole thing. <laughs> You don't have to is do anything. This from like middle school? What is <laughs> yeah. this? I, I assume so. Yeah, I assume I learned it when I was 11 and it's been in my head for Never, the last... ever heard this before. <laughs> I, well, it's probably it more rings of a boy a bell, thing. but not a mainstay for me. Oh, okay. yeah. I yeah, assume it's more incredible. of a boy thing than a girl it's, thing. It's probably more of a, yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Listen, girls want to sing about scrotums in sixth grade. More power to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'd be very popular very quickly. <laughs> yeah, in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. Um, but yeah, so, and, and let's get to the typo on the resume because like that is such a nightmare, right? Yeah. And like the moment where like, obviously like Rachel's not dumb enough to actually think this, but it's like, there is that moment when, whenever you find yourself in some sort of just like, you're obviously screwed. Like you're just grasping at straws. It's like somehow this is, this is, could still be okay. Right. It's not on all of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, Joey with the very Chandler-esque line of, I'm sure the Xerox caught some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that is Joey playing Chandler there. Yeah, they, they yeah. Uh, I guess they already gave Matthew Perry too many lines in this episode. They, so they threw... Uh, I mean, Jess, has anything like this happened to you before? No, I don't think I've ever applied, like, on a massive scale like Rachel is anywhere. And certainly by the time I was applying places, mostly online. So probably not going to run into this issue. But it is unfortunate. And I can only imagine the amount of, like... I don't even like I said, didn't waste any postage, but the amount of envelopes they probably well, actually they might have if they sealed the envelopes. Yeah, they it's were looking to reuse an envelope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, not great. You know. I, I, I remember when I applied to law school, which was an online system that after I'd click submit and are you sure a thousand times and then after you sort of like print it, the PDF or whatever and see the the ultimate product. I noticed a a typo, not computer, but uh, but a typo that I was embarrassed about. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And then I think and Av, you can and then you got me. 72 offers. Well, I was like, no, I, I don't remember. I think of for law school, but I think the way it works is there's one like universal application uh -huh. and then there's like law specific parts and then there's specific parts just for specific schools. Right. right. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And, and I think this was only on one school's application, so I didn't send it to everybody. And, and I don't remember which school or if it had an impact on their decision or not. But um, yeah, but on a printed resume, probably not ideal. And it's not just one. It's all of them for Rachel. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely done the thing where I've just like done like cut and paste jobs, or, like on cover letters, yeah, and, like have like yeah. completely the wrong names and whatever, yeah, just because like it's like so tedious and boring to do yeah. that shit, yeah. Um, and like, as everyone, if anyone's reading a cover letter, please, yeah, <laughs> I've never understood the purpose of the cover letter. It's so idiotic. Let me so describe the resume. To you is what the cover letter. Yes. That's what the I, resume I have is. attached in the other document. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is to provide context. And then, of course, see, the, the college came before yeah. the first job. But then also, like, the email can't, because the the, the the cover letter is a separate attachment, but then the email can't just be blank. So you have, like, a cover letter to the cover letter, which is the email. You know, <laughs> right. yeah. You're all attached. Please find a cover letter. Yeah, so, so very, very good. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, we all seem to be doing just fine. Uh, yes. Understanding. Um, so yeah, so Rachel is being called excuse me um, at work. So that's, uh, that's the impetus for all this. She just needs out from this uh, dead end job she's found herself stuck in. Yeah, which is better than yo. Yeah. Which um, in New York City, you know. Yeah. I love so, how she complains about like she's not getting great tips either. And I'm like, well, you're also a terrible waitress. <laughs> yeah, you're so... very not good at your job. Yeah. Um, as the show is like, it's like one of the main stories of season one. Is that yes, how bad she is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we hop on down to Central Perk and Monica and Phoebe have arrived with all the mail, um, which we're hoping is going to be a tons of great, you know, second interviews, acceptance letters, all sorts of great news for Rachel on the career front. Um, unfortunately, we only get through a couple where it not only becomes clear that Rachel has no opportunity to earn money, she also has a horrible spending problem because, like, Phoebe is horrified <laughs> by her visa bill. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's weird to me, like, obviously, you know, applying to aforementioned colleges, for example, when you're, like, paying somebody for an application, they have to do the decent thing of at least sending you a rejection. But when you send, like, blind job applications... I don't think every company traditionally responds with a you know personal response which they mail back to you. I think it just it goes into the ether and you never hear back from them at all. So getting all these responses that's got to be a good sign a little bit. It's a rejection, but it's not a full rejection. It's a you know we we have you in mind a little bit rejection now. Yeah. I mean, I think the like big corporate companies do respond to all mm. things, even okay. with just a form letter just to kind of like mm -hmm. clear it out of their system because like they're so like, you know, by the book. Um, but I'm sure right. Like, you know, small companies are just like, I don't know who this is garbage. Like, mm -hmm. we're not, yeah, we're certainly not getting in touch with you. Yeah. By uh, the way, there's a deleted scene um, before we go to the girls. We see uh, Ross and Chandler sitting on that love seat where we will see them uh, later on in the scene. And Chandler says to Ross, you know, they call this a love seat, but I'm not really feeling anything special towards you, <laughs> which which is which is. Yeah, you guys both giggled. So I don't it's, know a great, why I it's a great Chandler line. Chandler has the best line. lines. I don't know. I don't know why it didn't stay in the episode. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, you got to cut yeah. over something. Um, yeah, it's weird that we have Chandler and Ross over by the window. We don't really get that a lot. Maybe it was there. for the love seat joke. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and it's like there's nothing that, that like they can't be talking about on the couch. Like this is just like whatever. This is the private corner. This is where yeah. we have our secret. I have a crush on somebody. Chatter. Yes. Right. Yeah. I exactly. guess uh, the girls are on the couch. Yeah. So you know he's not interested in Linda. He makes up reasons why he doesn't like Linda, but Chandler and we are because she thinks through. the Flintstones could have really happened, Tosh. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm so like most people you know are into this whole like flintstones and dinosaurs real thing i'm on record that dinosaurs are you know a conspiracy well i feel like this is a big okay this is a large difference between dinosaurs aren't real and the flintstones could have or dinosaurs are real and flintstones could have happened dinosaurs were real <laughs> but the not at the same time as people well the flintstones is like i have a woolly mammoth helping me shower and like a yeah, toucan is my is my like uh, smoke alarm you know yeah, we would never like... treat animals that way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete fabrication um no i i i'm uh i'm with you i'm with you i do i'll do it i do think that uh, bullshit um you know it's better than the alternative i don't know i don't know how we explain all these bones but it could be anything um yeah. so uh, are you so, on yeah, the side so... of the the birds are a conspiracy because I don't know. Uh, birds it are just, just kind of continuation me, of that. I guess, right? like, how does any of this add up to, to anyone? Yeah. Birds are a conspiracy. Yeah. 
You you've heard that one before, right, Jess? That birds aren't real. Birds aren't Google birds aren't real. I've heard this. Yeah, the robot. I've not heard yes. this. That birds this birds aren't real. I see. I see birds aren't real bumper stickers. I'm not saying like. And how do they explain when like the bird splatters and it's like guts are on the. Like, hold on a second this was okay birds aren't real or are they inside a gen z or, or are they or okay. are they the starting point is birds aren't real they're or drone replicas inside inside yeah this, this was is a, insane this birds was a new york times they're... magazine like whole special investigation yeah yeah really i remember drone that replicas installed by the u.s government to spy yeah, on a, america a yeah. lot of people are b believe this oh my god well no I, I think the whole thing is it's tongue-in-cheek it's it's almost meant to like mock like QAnon people it's sort of like a left-wing yeah. sarcastic oh i see what you're saying but I didn't um, even think. I mean, I I didn't give that much thought to it. But no, but these guys have. But these guys have been like on CNN earnestly arguing their uh -huh. position. But it's. Uh -huh. it, I think it's supposed to be like Stephen Colbert. Wow. Right. So it's um, like the uh, spaghetti monster religion. Yes, exactly. Same, when, same when I have seen birds aren't real um, stickers, and I've seen a couple of them, I haven't investigated further. But I'm I'm <laughs> guessing they're probably not Trump voters. Is my guess. <laughs> uh huh. I see. Okay. So birds aren't real, but the vaccine is real. That's what you're saying. Yeah, well, I'm just saying because you say dinosaurs aren't real, so birds are a continuation of dinosaurs. I don't say they're not real. I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know if they're real. Listen, my one podcast host they're doesn't real. believe in, uh, yeah, in 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 life on other planet, uh, life outside Earth. You don't believe in life on Earth. All <sighs> I just think it's hard to believe that, like, uh, there used to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, where? How I is that hard to believe? I don't know. It's There's so hard... many things that are hard okay. to believe. Ah, <laughs> the Earth is exactly five thousand eight hundred eighty-four years old. Okay, false. No, I don't believe. That. And, and uh, okay, I was, and then the dinosaurs were there, but then a big flood came and it drowned them all. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. The flood does explain. Yeah, a lot they, they couldn't fit on the on the ark. And that's right. Which makes sense. They're very big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't put a brontosaurus on two of brontosauruses on the <laughs> <I know>. ark. <laughs> <laughs> or is it seven? I don't even know. Probably. Uh, brontosaurus is kosher. Yeah. Well, if they survived the flood, maybe they would have been. Yeah. Then it's fourteen, by the way, not just seven. Yeah, so we got. Um, yeah, so Joey joined. Uh, Jess, ju ju yeah. the uh, the Orthodox Jewish belief is not that the animals went two by two on the boat, as you may have heard. Uh, that was only for the non-kosher animals. The kosher animals went seven, uh, went uh, seven pairs, fourteen a total. A lot of animals on yeah. one boat. Well, listen, because if they're kosher, they're then no one and his family needed to eat them. You know, the cows, the chickens, and yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we have Joey join the group, uh, joining the guys, and um, we find out that Joey cried the previous night, and everyone wants to know why, and it was due to poker, and the explanation is that there was some chocolate on a three, I guess on a black three, and that caused Joey to mistake it for a black eight, and thus, you know, he lost lots of money playing what he thought was a read him and weep just before he actually did. Yeah. Um, by the way, we skipped over uh, Chandler yeah. with the Chandlerist uh, enunciation we've heard yet when he says to Ross, could you want her more in, in, oh. in describing mm. Rachel? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Ross insists he's over her. But as we will have to ask on a later episode, when was he under her? Yeah. The 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 boys really do go like back and forth between like being team Ross and helping him like pursue Rachel and like giving him a hard time. Because he just like Rachel. thinks about her all the yeah. time and has this huge crush on her and won't do anything about it. I would make fun of him too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's interesting to see it's like it kind of just like rotates episodes where like with one they're like helping him strategize and then here they're like making fun of him and yeah. um yeah, it's, it's good stuff. No, but I mean, that's, you know, you're, that's right. Like, that's how friends uh, generally are with each other, you know, supportive one day and then you're an asshole the next. Um, so, yeah, so Rachel is like, poker? Why are we never invited to poker? 
and Phoebe's like immediately like goes into like this is sexist and why are we not welcoming poker because it's a guy's thing and they're like no like anyone could play he's like well then like it's just some like some sort of thing or thing and like she just like can't even articulate why this still bothers her and you know Chandler and Joey says we just happen to not know any women who play poker you know it's not like you know we wouldn't uh, welcome them and they um so you know ross is like sure you can come like do any of you know how to play and they're like oh well no of course not can you teach us and they're like no because now it's like uh it's gonna become a whole thing uh, i guess that's not what they're signed up for um what are your thoughts yes what's the uh what's the right etiquette here how much do you have to agree to teach uh, a group of friends well I also I wanna know, can... does jess play poker is my question i know oh, how to play poker like i don't know every poker game that exists but i yeah. know i know how to play this some of the standards you know the regular ones um, I've, I've, I mean, I feel like that was a thing. I mean, I played a lot of card games with my family as a kid. So I think I just learned that way, but I think that you could do one game night to teach <laughs> the women how to play. And I also think you should do it for no money. Cause it's not really fair when they've never played before to then also take their money. Yeah. But I, I think like, it would be nice if the guys had one night to teach them. I understand based on the next scene that we get that like, are they the best card players? No, <laughs> they don't really understand basic rules of cards um, or like games. Yeah. Or any like, games at when, all. Cause like when Rachel's like, Oh, I have that. I could just give it to her. There right? Like, go. no, like that's not how any game works. That's not how Candyland works. Right. Yeah. My argument would be like Monica, at the very least should be better at this because Monica <laughs> right. is so competitive that she's played like every game ever. And so... she has Ann Iris. Yeah, exactly. She should have yeah. learned from Ryan Iris. The problem but, is you know. poker's not a game that you know you can teach the way you can teach, you know, spades or Monopoly or Stratego or backgammon or like literally anything else because it's not about like what what cards have uh, beat other cards. It's all about the gambling aspect, which is why also you know you said you know Jess said well you should you shouldn't play for money and I agree with friends you know in general. Um, but I just I'm not it just it's just not a teachable thing. So. But I think that they shouldn't be so dismissive. They should at least offer them. But yeah, but it's not, it's not the way you, the way you learn to play is by losing money to your friends a bunch of times, basically. <laughs> That's how I, I mean, how do you learn how to play poker? Um, yeah, you just start playing with people. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, if you have a, you know, some good friends, like they'll play with you just to teach you like, and it's like not that hard. Um, well, what yeah, is interesting is you that buy in for like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. yeah. No, what is interesting though, is like, this is a time period where like even teaching poker is not, is not as simple as today. Like te whole Texas Hold'em has become like so dominant that like if you were saying to someone teach me poker like you would mean teach me the game Texas Hold'em, presumably. Yeah, well, yes, and and you're right because yeah, this is Hold'em becomes popular in ESPN in the early aughts. They're playing in the '90s. Like when I learned to play poker when I was a little kid, from my family or whatever. Like Jess, like I learned basically five card draw, five which card is draw, not a, well, I know. which is yeah. not a game anyone's played since the '90s. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a. Yeah. Idiotic. Um, but there are no rules of poker quote. So it's like even hard to teach someone. Like you could teach them a few kind of different games. You would teach them the different games, I think, yeah. right? And then you, from you there the it's on sequence. they're kind of on their own to yeah. in terms of like uh like figuring out if people are bluffing. You know, that's diff more difficult to teach oh, them the actual lying? rules yeah. of the game. I guess yeah. no matter what, you teach them like these are the the hands, right? This like this is the rule, what, yeah. Right. What a street what is, what a flush right. is. Exactly. What, all and of once those you know things. that and what beat you could even have like a little sheet that's like what beats what, you know. Yeah, even once you once you know that, like if if you're not an idiot you should be able to like are, are, be are possible either, in a poker game are you are either one of you for 50 with, cents ahead are either one of you familiar with the card game chairman mao mm -mm, no or just or mao okay no. so so that is uh it's 
it's a fun game for one person, which is basically the, the point of the game is that no one in the game knows the rules. <laughs> if we of the play, game. I want to be the person that's fun for. Yeah. No one in the game knows the rules of the game. And basically, <laughs> win. Oh, by... So it's like the survivor fantasy. Yes, exactly. And so the dealer knows. Um, and then you win by figuring out the rules the quickest, and then you beat everybody else. Um, but yeah, but if you, you it's a game that can get very... so I was just thinking of rules where like games where there are no rules to teach, and that's basically a game where you just you say we're starting now, and then you just start punishing people mm-hmm. break the rules. My my bigger issue with like this whole scene between them is the opening line, Joey cried last night. It just sounds like impossibly sitcommy. Like yeah. that's not a way that you start a conversation. If you did, the response wouldn't be lulls. It would be like, Oh, is everything okay? Is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> now if they had said Joey cried last night over a poker <laughs> right. hand, both of his I parents think, were murdered. Like then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then you can laugh at it. So I, I think, but uh yeah, so I didn't I didn't love that. But th- this also might be a little bit, you know, it's it's dated. In the nineties, guys weren't allowed to cry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really what it is. It's just like it's such uh, an attack on his masculinity mm-hmm. that like it's like not even like they the girls too would be like ha 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 Joey like what a loser that he's crying yeah, um, yeah. is like is the joke. Um, so yeah, so we you know we, we go through the night. Um, you know Monica is prepared some Monica food. We got salmon roulettes. I never even heard. Of, I don't know what a roulette is. You it sounds very casinoy. Yes. Yeah, is. that's what I thought. Um, and you know, assorted crudités. I think yeah. we had crudités on party down at some point. Something from the water of some sort, if I had to guess. Fish or shellfish or something. Are we looking up roulettes? What's happening? No, no it's crudités. I don't remember what that what it is. Crudités uh, is just like vegetables. Oh, it is. You, okay, so then I'm. Wait, you really don't know? Word for vegetables. Hold on a second. Yeah, this was no, a John Federer. Oh, we had oh, so... party down. So John Fetterman was speaking to you. This was a thing where Dr. Oz, when <laughs> he was running, was speaking to me. yes, when he was running in the Senate, Dr. Oz was trying to complain about inflation and blaming the Democrats for it. So he walked into the grocery store and said, "My wife sent me to get some crudités tonight," and and of course it ended up being a cell phone uh, because he's an elitist oh, who talks about crudités. And then John Fetterman said, I don't even know what crudités are, which was an obvious lie because everybody knows what they are. And he was just pretending to be more conscious than he is. <laughs> well, I don't. But apparently he wasn't lying. Maybe John Fetterman really didn't know either. So that's why I committed voter fraud and voted yes. in Pennsylvania for John Fetterman. <laughs> yes. He spoke now, to me as a crudité de- denier. My, my, my issue with, with Joey here is you, like you don't complain about someone like Monica has made special cr- salmon <laughs> roulettes. And like you never turn down food a good cook makes for you, especially like unsolicited. So they're going to stop yeah. making food for you. And then by the end of the episode, you're going to be stuck eating Tic Tacs. Like, yeah. This is such a stupid thing by Joey. It's obviously Joey. stupid, but it's like, for whatever reason, the guys are very protective over this, like, poker bro thing they have. And, yeah. like, yeah. they don't want girls taking it over. They're supposed um, to drink beer and eat chips, bro. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. all we're allowed to eat, not the salmon. Yeah, <laughs> no, everything has to have a short name. Chips, dip, pretz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretz. Uh, <laughs> And um, so, you know, they just uh, they go ahead with the game. And um, just to your point, Ross does say, like, should we play just for fun first or play for money? Mm -hmm. And the girls are like, let's play for money. So, you know, put credit to the guys there, at least. Um, And, you know, he's like, remember, like Phoebe just like threw out two jacks because she thought they looked unhappy. So, like, she's going (laughs) to lose money if she plays that way, because that's not (laughs) consistent with how the game works. Phoebe should make a rule, like a version of poker where it all goes based on how happy the cards look. Phoebe's game of poker would be a wild game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would be like the game Alex was talking about. Where mm-hmm. Phoebe makes the rules and then you're just playing it and then at the end you find out who won. Yeah. yeah that, well, that's how a lot of games of toddlers are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, they're about to start, but first Chandler needs to make like a whole show out of demonstrating to Joey the difference between what an eight and a three look like. Um, so 
we jump ahead, you know, we've, we certainly had some uh, back and forth. And Phoebe is very upset with Joey because Joey appears to have misled Phoebe in the previous hand about how good his cards were. And Phoebe accuses him of being a liar. And Joey said, no, that's not lying. That's bluffing. And Phoebe, like, just doesn't see the difference. Um, Jess, I mean, I don't she's know not wrong. You, yeah, I don't know if you recall, the episode that I came on community building was one uh, Grifting 101. Yeah. Jeff and I forgot his name, the guy from the uh, What We Do in the Shadows, have this exact mm-hmm. argument about what's the difference between a grifter and a liar. So, yeah. uh, you know, once again, community ripping off friends. Yeah, uh, poor Phoebe doesn't understand this concept <laughs> of bluffing. Um, you know, all's fair in games with your friends. You can't get you can't get mad. You got to leave it at the game table. Yeah, I mean, I, I basically agree. I mean, it's a game. Like the point, if, if, especially if inherent in the game is you know bluffing yeah, and lying, lying and yeah. strat- like that's the game. Like that, don't play that game if that like stresses you out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that's the game. Um, yeah, this, this, this drives me crazy. Like when we play with my kids and like my wife will help my kids and like, they're old enough to play. And it's like, like, that's the game. The game is to like figure stuff out and like, you get better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you play. Like, not by like, just like having, you know, getting help. Like the point of like Rummy Cub is to like, see the moves, not to have them shown to you. Um, but, uh, whatever, different, <laughs> uh, different techniques. So, yeah. So um you know the, the game's over rachel tries to head out and chandler's like we need to settle and like this is like just like uh it's a good it's a it's a bad setup for a good punchline because like no one would ever say we need to settle you would say settle up right like but if he says settle up then you don't get to say that he means by settle the, you know settling the jamestown colony of virginia uh which is an excellent punchline i just think the the lead up is kind of clumsy um, so yeah, so they tell her you got to pay up what you oh, we just played for money, recall? Yeah, and Joey does say like, listen, we don't have to like we can yeah. we can forget about the money. And Monica, being Monica, <laughs> is just like, no, we'll pay. <laughs> yeah, Monica's an idiot. Never always when someone's like, you don't have to pay, just yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, that was and so of course, she is all immediately also like, and we want to rewatch or rematch <laughs> oh, too. Yeah. We need a rematch. Yeah. yeah, and Ross is like, great, I could use the money. <laughs> um so yeah no it's this stuff is great i and i i like what you said earlier when it's all six of them together i agree those are the best episodes certainly the most iconic um mm. because like we we do get a, like a lot of clumsy pairings where just like there isn't much to a storyline but like when everyone is there even if someone isn't at the center like everyone gets something to do and just like their energy together i i agree this yeah. is awesome and like yeah this is this is definitely one of my favorites uh so far so um so yeah so we have this whole thing with the yayas. I, I was not familiar with this expression. Have you? Um, do you not get your yayas from IKEA? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, I, luckily, I no longer have to. I can now afford a little bit better than. Oh IKEA. wow! Look at yeah. you with the fancy yayas. Yeah. Do you do you have, have you ever used the expression yayas? No. The only way I've heard it is through friends. No, I've never <laughs> used this expression outside of the show. Okay um so yeah so ross is like listen that's great we love playing with people poker is great um just like you gotta remember when i play poker (laughs) i'm not such a nice guy (laughs) after the cards after the cards are dealt it's just i don't even know if you could hear that yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) there's this great moment where joey's like yeah yeah Uh, which like this the speech is so lame the nice guy speech but like it's such a great representation 
of when the dork tries to puff his chest out and then he just ends up looking foolish. Yeah. And, I, and, and, the, and as, uh, as you said, the way that Joey just punctures him with the, yeah, I, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's great acting here by them. Yeah. Yeah. It also feels like Ross is especially doing this because Chandler and Joey were on his case about liking Rachel. Yeah. And so he really wants to be like, look, I don't like Rachel. I told yeah. her I'm not a nice guy. Yeah, Like I pulled your pigtails. I can't like you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It feels totally within Ross's character to say something like this. Mm. Chandler will refer to this as the Black Bart speech. Uh, did either of you know this reference without having to Google it? Nope. No, no, I definitely Googled it. Yes. Uh, the nickname of Charles E. Bowles, an American outlaw who robbed stagecoaches in the 1870s. So this reference is 120 years old when Chandler makes it. Wow, Chandler. <laughs> Look at you, historian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I assume, I assume that, it must be I a TV show. I assume my audio just got a lot better. Yes, it did. Was your mic not in before now? It was not properly connected, oh, which yeah. is annoying. That's um, okay. Yes, your quality is much better now. So it's, right, it'll be well. a pleasant surprise for people. Happy to <laughs> I, I, I suppose shit happens. Yeah. This audio is slightly less bad. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, well. Um, Zach well, looks to blame you, my if, computer. If, if you okay. can hear me, they'll be able to hear me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we're doing um, just a guy's night this time, right? At uh, over at Ross's place. Rare, rare visit to Ross's mm -hmm. place. Um, Ross's place eventually gets completely phased out. I feel like. Well, because well, he'll have different places. He'll move across. I guess the street. right. I guess he's always he moves in... to ugly naked guys. Yes. That, that, Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. <laughs> <Oops>. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've we've spoiled worse. Ugly naked uh, Ross. Yeah, listen, you can't watch a show from, you know, this is so <laughs> 30 old. years. So and also it's like, yeah, if you've been holding out, like, you know. Why are you listening to this now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, there's a lot of people that that applies to. But um, so, yeah, so Ross, again, he's uh, he says he's over her and, you know, no, he's nobody's convinced. And then we get this wild moment where Marcel cuts across the room, grabs a CD. He, I guess he knows the CD. And he puts it into the, the, the player, you know, pushes a button, and we get the opening chords of Alex. You wanna you wanna sing for us? In the jungle, the mighty jungle. That song. That's. I mean, that's the song. Yeah. Um, How much you want me to sing? Do you do you A know Weemawak? what Alex? Do you know what I most associate this song with? Oh, you're asking me. Uh, not Jess, which means I guess it's something that you think I could. I don't know. Just why don't you just tell me what you most associated yeah, so with? As, as I'm sure you know, our high school mascot for oh. sports was the lion. Yeah. So I was on the hockey team for two years, and every time we won a game, we had like this music montage that like the coach would play after the game, and the first song was "In the Jungle, the Mighty Lion Sleeps Tonight." A Wimowitz, a Wimowitz. I believe it, or the opening lyrics to that song. Who's Wimowitz? I don't know. It's like oh. to get some African word. I, I oh, I thought there was a guy on the team. Wimowitz. No, they go like a Wimowit, a Wimowit, a Wimowit. Oh, don't they say a Wimowak? Yeah, okay. I thought you I were don't know. I thought I, I thought you were making I, a Jewish joke there. I I'm not, it's not. I'm not native to that language. I don't know. Well, the language is Yiddish. Never mind. No, we're uh, speaking uh, past each other here. The, the language that you thought I was speaking, but the, the, yeah, yeah, sorry. Let's yeah. let's move on. Let's move yeah. on. Um, there is a uh, I saw on YouTube a deleted scene of like the the boys each doing like a, a dance to this as this yes. continues like it goes for like 20 more seconds but it was yes. uh, it's cut out of the map i was wondering where that was when i was watching it on hbo i was like wait a minute i feel like they dance here what's going mm -hmm. on 
Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, do want to come back to some of the the other deleted scenes because they deleted a lot of Aunt Iris from this episode. It's really, oh, really? upsetting. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot more of Aunt Iris than uh, First Meets the Eye. So remind me, how much are they cutting out per episode? We're talking about like a minute, two minutes. I, I think it's, it's totally not like depends. seven minutes, right? There's some. I mean, at least based on my source, and my source might be incomplete, but like the the website I use for the scripts for every episode, which is uncutfriendsepisodes.tripod.com, some of the episodes. They didn't cut anything, and some they this one they they cut out more than almost any other one so far. So it could just be really? that they just they just filmed and then they cut it down to twenty two minutes, and sometimes they film twenty six minutes, and sometimes they film twenty two minutes in two seconds. I'm, I don't know. Or this so, website's just not. Accurate. So if we remember these scenes, it's because we saw them where on the DVDs. I've I don't think there's ever been a scene yet that says it's been cut that I've remembered. You guys just said you did one here, so I you know, remembered I'll, that yeah. one. I had the yeah, I've had I the DVDs, so I probably saw it there. So maybe yeah. Okay. And, and Jess, I've complained before on this podcast that the loss of DVD culture and everything is streaming means we lose things like extras, unfortunately. Yeah. Those aren't usually available. On I, I, There were so many DVDs that I owned that I would watch the audio commentary over and over mm, again. Yeah. Like Friends is probably one of those as well. But yeah, I would watch the DVDs constantly. Yeah, I would propose that the streaming services should just like cut a bunch of bad shows altogether and <laughs> replace their, them with like the deleted scenes and stuff for the shows that I like. What I think <laughs> it should be how they do it. Um, cause yeah, I love that stuff. Um, and it's, uh, it's too bad that we don't get it. Yeah. Those are always just like fun nuggets. It's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, uh, stuff lost the cutting room floor. Um, so yeah, so we head on over to the girl's place the, the next day, whenever, and Rachel is, uh, you know, he's, she's just like talking shit about Ross. You know, he's such a jerk. He's so competitive. Monica's like, yeah, he's so competitive. And Phoebe's just like, uh, hey, Monica, you know, here's the pot calling the kettle black. I don't even know how she sets it up. It was like mm-hmm. very, uh, um, very like a, a my mom joke. Yeah, she um, says, oh, hello, kettle. This is Monica. You're black. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I I hated that that line reading, but whatever. Mm. It's Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe says things that are Phoebe things. Um, and you know, Monica's like, "What are you talking about?" And they start um, for the first of many times this episode will refer to the Pictionary incident, mm-hmm. in which Monica is accused of having thrown a plate. I love this. I love uh-huh. this. I love how competitive Monica and Ross are, especially with each other. It's one of my favorite yeah. things about their relationship, and like. I is something I share with Monica. I would say of all of the friends characters, I'm the most like Monica. And it's totally realistic to think that she would chuck a plate across the room because she's frustrated at Pictionary. Oh, I mean, and we when we say how when we see how these friends of hers play Pictionary, um, oh, I, they're I, so I could, bad. Yeah, but then for uh, for whoever, Joey or whoever goes next, yeah. they're like uh, I don't remember who it was, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when she yeah, whatever, we'll uh, we'll get there. But like her her clue is very good. So I, I like that you brought that up, Jess, because I was randomly uh, a couple nights ago. I was lying in bed before I was Playing falling asleep. No, and I was thinking in my head, like, what percentage of all six of the core four am I? So okay. if I can put you on the spot, Jess, are you a hundred percent Rachel or are you a mix? No, no, I would definitely say I'm the most Monica of of all of them. I'm the least amount Rachel, probably. I would say I have a weird amount of Phoebe up in there too, just because I have a little bit like I can be a little weird, like Phoebe is. Uh probably Joey and Rachel would be my bottom two, and Ross probably bottom three, I would say. So I guess it would be like Monica Chandler, Phoebe, Ross, Joey, Rachel is probably what I would say. I like I have the most Monica, the least Rachel. All right. And what would you say of? 
No, no, we're all getting put on the spot. Um, all right, well, I can go have first. Yeah, yeah, I can buy some yeah. time if no, you want. I'm, no, I have, I have a good, I would say I have a, a lot of Chandler and a lot of Ross. Um, and then of the girls, I would say probably the most Rachel and then the next most Monica and Phoebe. Like Phoebe and Joey for sure the least for me. Um, and then, yeah, I would say the two boys, then the two girls, and then Phoebe and Joey at the bottom. Mm, okay. I would say I, or here, and I'm actually just updating it right now. I'm giving myself 0% Phoebe. I have no Phoebe in me at all. Uh, 2% Rachel. I don't think I have a lot of Rachel. 15% Joey. 25% Chandler. 28% Ross. And 30% Monica. Interesting. That's what I'm going with. Hmm. Uh, if you have Monica the most. Well, I, I, Monica, yeah, Ross, you, you have you definitely Chandler, have a lot of Monica. A lot, a pretty yeah. even mix of Monica, Ross, and Chandler, and then and then really fifteen percent Joey. Yeah, I could even be convinced to move some of my Rachels onto Monica because, like, I'm thinking Rachel more for just like the like being like a suburban upper class person who like is kind of spoiled. Um, but like Monica yeah. is that also just like to a, more, yeah. a less obvious degree than Rachel. Yeah. So like yeah. I could kind of just fold that into Monica and, and make her stronger. Yeah. So I would say like she it's probably like 30 30 on the guys or maybe more skewed towards Chandler a little bit. Um even though, like, I don't like Ross, but, like, there are definitely parts of Ross that I like. I think Ross completely. gets too much hate. Maybe this yeah. is my friend's spicy take, is that Ross isn't as bad as everyone thinks he is. <laughs> I think yeah. just season one is a rough Ross season. I think he gets much better. It's really tough Actually, when there's that, the that's Ross not true. He says the wrong stuff. woman's name under, under the... Oh, no, in that <laughs> way, lot he's of terrible. Coming, yeah. I think the reason that I don't mind Ross as much as so many people do is because David Schwimmer, like, physically is the most yeah. comedic, in my opinion. He's so funny whenever he gets to, like, show his physicality in his scenes. And so I always tend to forgive Ross a little bit more because of that. And because, honestly, in the Ross-Rachel relationship, they both make so many mistakes that it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, sure. how much of Joey did you give yourself? Uh, very little, because I don't think there's like, it's kind of like what I was saying before. There's like, there's things that I resonate with Joey, but oh, like, yeah, hold on. All... Can I ask you some questions of? <laughs> do, uh, do, I don't. Okay. Do you like, do you like sports? Yes, but like, so do does you Ross. like, do you like eating food? Yes. Right. Okay. Fine. So yes, I do resonate with that. The, the, yeah. the eating Ross food. like sports, but you are much more of a Joey fan than a Ross. Fan. Yes. I As very a... much like eating food. Yeah. But yeah, no. So there's some, yeah, first, so not 0%, but yeah, but a, a lot of the Joey qualities are just kind of like more generic male stereotypal qualities mm. like being into sports and that's, you know, yeah. um, which but I that's think. Joey. <laughs> but like Chandler and Ross have like enough of that, that, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think. Um, so yeah, so we find out that Rachel has gotten an interview um, with which, what sounds like a perfect job for her um, as an assistant buyer at Saks Fifth Avenue. Um, Alex, it's, it's unfortunate that she's going to have to move to Miami to go work at her job at Saks Fifth Avenue, right? Are they based in Miami? No, it's from Seinfeld. When Kramer wants the lotion from Saks Fifth Avenue in Miami, if he asks the Seinfelds if they could get it for him. Oh, I, I did not remember that. Terrible job by me. Jared right? is disgusting. He's like, or you could go to Saks Fifth Avenue right here yeah. in New York City. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, bad job. I'm uh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Well, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, this is her dream job. Um, she's going to get to shop for a living. Phoebe is like, this is the mothership calling mm -hmm. you home. 
And, and now, of course, she doesn't get this job, but but she will later, right? When she meets Josh. Oh no, that's a Bloomingdale's. When she meets Joshua, right? Yeah, it's Bloomingdale's. Yeah, yeah. or or my mom calls it Bloomingdale's. But she is. <laughs> she, but she is a buyer, so she it is the yeah. same job title. A, just yeah, and it really is the perfect job for her. I'm glad that the show found a way to to keep this woman uh, uh, getting a lot of money to support her lifestyle because it didn't seem like she had a lot of skills that were translatable early on in season one. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess they uh, they plant the seed early on in the episode that she's excellent at shopping. So yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's an excellent, you know, great, great at uh, going to that store and buying those clothes. Yeah. But but she but she's willing to go pro. She doesn't want to save herself for the shopping <laughs> for the shopping Olympics. Yeah. Um, so you know, just as we're you know getting into the whole like what's the job about, there's a knock at the door and Monica's aunt Iris, or so she's called, just like barges in, like complete, like with the most energy of like anyone that's ever been on tv to date i'm saying like the way she just like comes into that room and is like is tony randall dead well if not i just killed him with my car and they're like what they're like no i'm bluffing first rule of poker yeah (laughs) completely incredible um i also question whether like bluffing needs is like the first lesson of poker as we were saying earlier like these are the cards here's the here's how the hands work i think yeah i don't know how we go from like (laughs) not knowing literally anything about cards to rachel being able to do the shuffle that she's going to do in like the next (laughs) scene um but yeah i feel like there were better things to teach them than how to do a cute little shuffle you know to impress the guys well so aunt iris in one of the deleted scenes she's gonna say to them we're going to start with a little five card draw and then we're going to go into the studs and the holdems. Um, and then she says to Rachel, don't ever touch your cards when somebody's dealing. And we'll get into basic rules of poker etiquette that she, uh, that, the, that the girls all violate, but you cannot blame Aunt Iris because she really taught them. Um, and then she comes back for another scene, which also gets deleted later on when they lose to the girl, to the boys. The next time she comes back again. Yes, I remember that. I remember they have a second session with her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Ann Iris, yeah, so yeah she, I definitely, I got DVDs, I guess. She, I would say she's a good teacher. They're bad students. That's my position here. Probably fair what assessment. I, it would have made sense if, and like not to jump ahead to the final scene, which I'm sure we'll analyze that hand. I'm sure Chester has a whole write-up. But if the final scene had been Rachel wins by bluffing, then I think like this would be really cool that like she came in and told him like this whole thing. It's just about bullshitting the other person and yeah. like had won the hand at the end by getting Ross to fold legitimately because bluffing. Um, then that would justify this being kind of like her whole thing. Um, but, you know, I guess I should have uh, written this episode of Friends and it would have been a little bit better. So I'm saying, yeah, so we go. So, right. So we go to the real, you know, the, the real poker night now. And, you know, now they know how to play. And Marcel's just playing, you know, he's blasting the line song again. And the guys, you know, eventually they're like, Ross, you got to make him turn it off. This is, you know, getting out of control. And, you know, he, he turns it off. And, but he, he warns them, I'm going to pay for that later. So you guys better, you know, you owe me one. I really took one for the team here. Um, yeah. So what, what, what's, do you have any, uh, what's your Marcel take? Are you against the grain here? Are you, uh, are you more of a Marcel lover? Or are you uh, somewhere in between? I get tired of Marcel over time because it's like, it's kind of sticky in a lot of ways. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. Like, I love the episode that like he leaves in, you know, like I think the way they do the send off is great. And, you know, when they have like Julia Roberts and everybody, you know, when they do those types of episodes, that's really fun. Yeah. But I, I grew tired of him and it, it does feel unsustainable to, to have a monkey on set all the time. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I guess like it's, it's hard for me to say in some ways it like it, I don't think it occurred to me back then as much how ridiculous it is. Like, oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. like it's, it's like much more obvious to me now. Like, like this is an absurd storyline that like he adopted a monkey that lives with him in Manhattan and whatever. But, um, it's, um, yeah, it's just every time we have Marcel, I'm like, all oh, right, <laughs> this is like one of like my all my most memorable Chandler lines when he responds with the fourth, the fifth dentist case. Now they're all recommending Trident. Because this is like such a joke. We're like alive in the '90s and and know what like the Trident commercials were. It's such a crazy joke, um, but I love it. I love it. Um, I like. I know it's like never a line that you can use because it's just like everyone knows what it, who it's from. But like, I'm always like secondarily quoting it. Like, it's where, really where, like an oh, iconic like Chandler line. It feels like it feels like yeah. a Chandler line. Like if you didn't, if you weren't aware that Chandler said this, and someone said this joke to you, it would remind you of Chandler Bing. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's a perfectly written joke. I don't want to be the the turd in the punch bowl here, but to me, this is like a cliche joke because everybody's done versions of this joke. Like, and I don't know the sequence of who was before or after, but like there was endless commercials in the '90s about this joke. Like, there'd be a commercial where it'd be like, "Why only four to five? And they show the fifth one, and he's falling asleep or something. Like, there's so many versions of this independent of Chandler. I think so. Maybe my memory's incorrect. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I couldn't tell you. This, this definitely this definitely stands out to me as like a Chandler Bayard, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe uh, maybe friends stole it. If somebody can uh, offer evidence, I will uh, view it and reject it because this probably is a friends from, original. Probably from, probably from Seinfeld. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, except it was Bosco. <laughs> yeah, so she uh, you know she tells them that the interview went even better than she ever could have expected she's starting to like tell them all about the stories and monica's like uh-huh uh -huh, yeah i'm sure it was great and we'll laugh like we're playing poker now um so they you know joey again is like you know you don't really have to play like if you're not ready like we just kicked your asses yesterday there's no way as Jess said that you could be awesome at this already um and they're like, no, no, it's okay. Um, like Joey's like, well, maybe Monica, we should uh, maybe we we'll play Pictionary instead. And everyone ducks, uh, which is great. The way this Love is it. just like a running joke through the episode is so good. Um, so yeah, no, we're we're playing poker, and you know, Rachel does this like awesome shuffle that yeah, she's she's a master at. One day, like I can't shuffle like that. I've you know shuffled cards my whole life, but I do it like the, you know the boring way. Um, so. The game ends and uh, the girls don't seem to have done much better. And, you know, Phoebe hands over some money, but warns Chandler that the money is cursed, which Chandler is like, whatever, bad things are going to happen to me anyway. I may as well have a little bit more money. Yeah. Now, and... I want to start investigating exactly what kind of poker they're playing. So the max loss here is Rachel loses $15, right? Mm hmm. And we know from reference to the game that there was like a quarter ante. So they're playing 25 cents a hand. So I'm so is the, the buy-in was what I guess ten dollars probably they were all throwing in ten dollars to start the game. Yeah, probably Could something not, not not more than that. They're they're playing 50, 25, 50 cent hands or something. Yeah, but but and Rachel loses fifteen and she doesn't have any money you know in her in, her, in front of her, so she probably right. Lost the person who bucks. loses the most money loses fifteen dollars. So yeah, they probably yeah. started with ten bucks. Yeah. Okay, but this is important for keeping track as we get to the next game. The, <laughs> Very the, the dollar amount yes. the best. Yeah. Right. No. So, but yeah. yeah. It's a, you're right. We, we we should understand the context for sure. Yeah. It's it's a ten dollar game of poker. Um. Now ten dollars in nineteen ninety four is I don't know twenty four dollars today or something. Yeah. Dramatically different. And it's a lot of money when you have no money. <laughs> sure. Yeah. When you don't have a job. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. When you have no money, every, yeah, it's all a lot of money. Um, 
so I've heard. Um, so yeah, so yeah, this Rachel... is where Ross is like rubbing it in. Yeah. And okay, I kind of get it. You know, like I kind of get the taunting and like the really like really salt in the wounds for these people, especially because Ross is doing it like to Rachel. He couldn't yeah. be more like a child pulling a girl's pigtails at this point. Yes, yes. Um, the irony is that like he thinks he's being macho, like that like this is going to like make her think that he's cool, that he's like, oh, like I'm really good at poker and I'm yeah. gonna competitive and I'm going to win. Like, it's like, I don't know, that doesn't seem like the best. Um, but, you know, I guess everyone's into this. But I things. love her calling him out for it. Like the, ooh, I'm a man. Ooh, <laughs> I have a penis. Like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So and this, too, is in a, an iconic friend's line to me. And, like, when I when, and when I say that, like, this is, like, to me, the most season one episode in a way, or at least the ones we've seen so far, it's the – this is one of the first episodes I saw for sure. And just, like – the thought of like that there were like people on TV, like men and women, young young people, like talking to each other this way was like, I don't think I like had seen really so much on TV yet. Like maybe like Beverly Hills. I, I don't even know if I had seen that before I watched Friends. Um, so this was just like, to me, very transgressive um, that like, just like the whole nature of this episode of like these like young adults hanging out and just like, they're just, anything goes over here. I don't know. I was far too young to have seen this when I did. So I certainly didn't understand half the jokes. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was all like very like, you know, that's why these are all just like, I remember it like being like the first time I'm seeing it. Um, so yeah. So Monica's like, this is not over. We will play you again. We will win and you will lose and you will beg and we will laugh and we will take every last time you have and you will hate yourselves forever. Which uh, I think that Rachel thinks has uh, undercut her argument that Ross is taking this too seriously. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? This Genghis Khan speech by Monica is my favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> so funny. It's so great. And I don't agree at all with Rachel complaining about it. It was great. Monica's been tough. <laughs> Just, I love that. And you will hate yourself yeah, forever. Hate yourself. You will take every last edit. time you, you will have. Beg. We're going to beg you. Too. Yeah. <laughs> It's perfect. Yes, this is why we love images. Monica. Yeah. Monica's great. She always has to take things too far, and it's always incredible. <laughs> yeah, she does take things too far. Um, so, um, all right. So we are. I think we just jumped straight to another game, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't think we haven't get anything in between. Um, so yeah, that's like that. You could tell they definitely cut a scene there, right? There's yeah. No way so that, that and weird. that's that's where they cut Iris coming back, um, and when so, was Alex? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what? Ha yeah. So basically, it's, it's back at Monica and Rachel's house. They're discussing their loss last night. They're telling Aunt Iris about it, but it's also not even canon because Aunt Iris says to Rachel, "How much did you lose?" And Rachel says, 30 bucks." But she only lost fifty. Ah. Well, maybe mm. there was. Yeah. So maybe there was a couple scenes. You know, yeah. And then, and, then Iris says, and then Iris says, "I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give you that money back." And the girls get all excited. Oh, they say, get excited. Really? Then she goes, "I'm lying." Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. bluffing. You haven't learned. I'm that. bluffing. Yes. Yes. yes, yes I remember I've that too. That. Oh, yeah. You guys do remember all this. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it just now, but yes, yeah. I remember that. Because they get so excited. She's obsessed with bluffing. So, yeah. She should win by bluffing. How did they yeah. not see this? Yeah. Well, because I think Ross has to fold the cards when he already knows for a fact that he's won in order to Yeah, it's because he loves I know. Yeah. That, right. That was more important yeah. to the story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me, let me uh, quiz you guys. Do you remember Monica's conversation about her cousin Nathan? Oh, so, um, no, but I read about it. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So the first, so first of all, both Ann Iris and Ann Sylph in the dozen lasagnas. I'm and, going to assume, and I know, and I know why it's not on HBO Max. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I was, just, I, I assume these are both sisters of Monica and Ross's dad, mm-hmm. because yeah, they, they don't explain who it is, right? Because if they were sisters of the mom, which they would have been at the funeral for Nana. Oh, of course, of course. Right. Yeah. And I um, would have it, seen them on the show. Yeah. And so the other part of this deleted scene, as I just mentioned, which is, you know, a little uh, a little more problematic in, or or something we're, we're more sensitive about, certainly in 2023 than in 1994, is Monica says, how's Nathan? I assume referring to her cousin, Nathan, and Iris's son. And then Iris says, how is he ever? Now he thinks he's a man trapped in a woman's body. And then, oh. Rachel, and then Rachel says, uh, probably a little more accurately, don't you think don't you mean he thinks he's a woman trapped in a man's body? And then Iris says, it should be so simple. So maybe he's not trans. He's, I'm not exactly, yeah, I don't know what, what exactly the issue is here with Nathan, huh. but uh, probably easier just kind of than trying to delve too far into that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure they probably just didn't give a lot of thought to, you know, what, but do you guys what, what aim at. But do you remember having that? Seen I that? don't, that I, I don't, don't remember. remember that scene. No, I don't remember any of these deleted scenes. I definitely remember the to... one where she tries to give them. She's like joking about giving them money. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you sounded that I very definitely familiar remember. with it. You yeah. sounded very familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a uh, 90s show. Not everything's going to hold up to scrutiny. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a fun show. Um, so where are we? I lost my place. Okay, so we right, so we jump right into another game of poker, and Ross again is like, you know, maybe just like hand over the money. Let's like you know save ourselves the formality of like wasting our time playing the game. You know, let's just you know call it a night, hand it over, go our separate ways. And Rachel assures him that she will have the last laugh. And Ross goes, you know, Ross goes to pee, um, you know, footnoted for later. And Monica's like, um, do you want to play poker or you want to go to the bathroom? And he's like, I want to go to the bathroom, which is a great Ross line, which is exactly what I would say in that exact spot. Like, first I'm going to go to the bathroom, then we're going to play poker because yeah. I got to go to the bathroom. And another deleted um, scene here and- is b- before Ross gets up to go to the bathroom, Joey asks, maybe he feels bad about last time. He says, hey, Ma, do you have any of those salmon things? And Mon says, do you want to eat or do you want to play poker? So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah Joey, salmon, Joey wants. Salmon roulettes come back. Yeah. Joey wants pizza, but like Rachel won't let him touch the phone. Yeah. If only there was another phone close Go by. across the phone. He could order pizza. Alas. He they were out TikToks. of luck. Yes. Right. It must be, yes. No Which again, is his own fault for insulting Monica and losing the chance to eat the salmon. Right. right. Also, there's no chance that Monica doesn't have like food in the freezer food. that's yeah. just like available to, like, sure. be, to be whipped up very quickly for a fun poker night with the guys that she's been like, you know, pining on. Yes. Um. So... They have a round. Ross uh, Ross gets a flush. He warns everyone to, uh, what does it, get out of the shower. But Rachel tells him, no, you can get back in because I got four sixes. And he, she's uh, got him beat. Um, she does this celebrity dance and song. Sorry, ce- celebratory, not celebrity. Yeah. Now, hold on. Av, they are playing a game uh, um, called Cincinnati. Av, are you familiar with that at all? I am not familiar. I was not familiar with it. I opened up a tab. I never read it. Yeah, what about Jess? Have you ever heard of Cincinnati as a former? I haven't. No. Yeah, very strange. Now, Iris did teach them everything. She said, I think from the Googling I did, I didn't read too carefully. I think you get four cards like Omaha, but you're making your best hand of five. It's not a high low game. Um, 
and and so but you you but you can use any combination you don't have to use uh, you know you, you can use any combination of your four and the common cards is what it sounds like so it's sort of like texas but with four cards it's a little strange but here's my question rachel has quads and doesn't raise ross's bet right so ross makes a bet here with the flush rachel has four sixes and all she does is call which mm-hmm. is very bad but not nearly as bad as what's about to happen over the next couple of hands yeah um and kind of kind of back to what we were talking about earlier like this is a way of playing poker that like i always saw on tv but never saw played of the nature of like like you you say what the game is and we play that game for a few hands and then like we play a different game like for me every time i played poker it was assumed we're playing texas hold'em so it's just like it's that's like that's also part of being good at poker right is like knowing all the games and knowing the different strategies for different games because like this that's like a very easy way to like beat up on someone who's not as good as you right is being mm-hmm. like okay let's play this game that like you've never played before and you don't realize like there's like some really you know backward strategy to like being good at this game or whatever like yeah. that's like part of being good at poker is like knowing all the different sticks of the different games I mean, um, I, I remember in college we used to play where the dealer would choose and you'd go all the way around one hand, one time around yeah. the table with that game. We'd play Omaha, we'd play High Low, we'd play Chicago, we play. Yeah, so I've never played that way. Yeah, yeah, we. That's how I played as uh, with my family was always the dealer's choice. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that um, was definitely uh, you know. All right, so so let, so let's get to this next hand, okay? So yeah. so Rachel does the first of her many super illegal check raises. Uh, for those who don't play poker, a check raise is when there's a bet in front of you. Uh, um, excuse me, not a check raise. That's not illegal at all. She uh, she calls and raises. She repeatedly says, I will call your bet of blank and right. I will raise your blood of bank. And of course you can't do that. You can't have, a, because then you could sort of gauge the reaction of the person in between. You must. I you mean, know. yes, like if you're playing by the book, but pe- people do that in games and in, in, no. in friendly games. No, no way. Come on. If you do that in a friendly game, you would immediately get called out. If it was the first time and you were new to the table, they'd be nice to you. But... I don't think uh, I, I thought I thought that the um, that the, the the call raise was ex- like it's a thing that always happens on TV and happens in every single. Bet. I agree. It's much more common on TV. I agree that people would find it annoying if you would do that. But I think people do it in, in games. Okay. and It's not right, a big fine, deal. Fine. You, we'll if you did it in a like at a casino or at like, you know, a serious game, I think, yes, that would be okay. considered. Bad. We'll have to agree to disagree. I think that's 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 much more frowned upon than Iris says. It's frowned upon to touch your cards while the dealer is still dealing. That's barely a thing. So um, so my, my point only is if Iris taught them that more obscure thing, Iris certainly told them, do not um, do this. I'll call and raise. But uh, they didn't listen to her. So, all right, let's get to the next hand. Ross bets 50 cents. Okay. Rachel bets $5 on a game where we have been told the 50 cents is the max bet. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly trying to buy the pot. And her speech to Ross trying to egg him into staying in the hand makes no sense. And then he's allowed to pick up cards he's already folded and come back into the hand, which is even crazier. Although I guess Av is going to say, oh, if the two of them agree and no one else in the hand, then then what's the objection? Yeah, it's it's Ross v. Rachel at this point. I don't think I think the other they don't want to be hit by strays. You know, they don't want to be hit by shrapnel. They're like, yeah, yeah. sure. You want to do that? Go okay, ahead. Fine. And then they continue to call and raise. Um, you know, I call you and I raise you over and over and over, driving me nuts. They have at least fifty dollars in chips in the hand because the first mm-hmm. the bet goes five, and then twenty, and then twenty-five. And how is it possible that two of them in a six-person game where we said the buy-in was ten dollars, whereas twenty-five cents a game up until this hand, where the biggest loss ever was fifteen bucks? How do two different people have pots of fifty bucks? It's just it's it's too much money. It's not possible um, at all. That's my issue there. And now can we go to the actual cards that they're holding off? Jess. We lost that off. 
Oh, I think he's back. I'm here now. I don't know. Yeah, my my internet is bad, but it sounds uh, like, I'm like hearing. It sounds like you're going, so it's fine. Okay. I, All right. So okay. So now okay. So Rachel trades in two cards, right? Which means the only thing she can possibly have is trips. She must have three of a kind. So she has. Let's just pretend the best. <laughs> she must have ace, 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 four. I seven. knew you were going to do this, and I'm so here for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, if you're betting that heavy and you only want to keep three of your five cards, those three all have to be the same thing. There's no other explanation. Okay. Do you guys sure. agree? Presumably. Yeah, right. Okay. And um, and then which means that she's trading in two cards, and the only way she can possibly improve is if she gets the fourth of her three for four of a kind, which would be two four of a kinds for Rachel one night. That's pretty good. Or if she picks up a pair, which is what apparently she does, because we will eventually see that she has a boat, she has a full house. So um, so that that's her hand. Now Ross has a hand that beats a boat because we know that from the end of the uh, at the end of the scene when the mm-hmm. when the guys drive to see the cards. Ross only traded in one. Which means that Ross, what Ross had to have is he also had three of a kind, but it had to have been a stronger three of a kind than Rachel's, which means Rachel could not have had aces. Rachel could have had at best kings. <laughs> Ross had a better three of a kind, and then he kept his fourth card because maybe it was a high kicker. It was an ace or a, or a face card or something like that. And then he trades in one card, and he had to get back again, either paired his one card for a better boat than Rachel's or paired the three for four of a kind. That's the only way that he beats her. So you have two people with three of a kind. They trade in three cards and uh, they trade in, in three cards and all three of those cards pay or something. I mean, the luck here is incredible. Um, but um, that that's my analysis of what the hand is. And then my other complaint, of course, is you cannot add money that was not on the table in front of you at the start of a hand, right? You can't say, well, my hand's really good, so now I want to bet more money than I had, you know, go into my friend's purse. Super illegal. If you want to have, <laughs> right? So, Sharon said, Sharon said, no, this is all out of order. No, I mean, yes, in a serious game. Yeah. Well, but and even in a serious to. game, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to. serious, but. You know, in a in a friend's game, playing in someone's apartment, no one's caring if you're like you're getting extra money to. I agree. With, okay, well, I agree with you if it's a ten dollar game, right? That's true. But uh, and at this point, clearly, Rachel is going. She's already bet five bucks when the max bet was fifty cents, so she can do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems like once once the floodgates open, they're all just exactly. okay with all of it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, she just lost the job, so you're not going to stand in her way. Yeah. All right, that's the end of my rant. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they all, you know, they all, uh, we, we, we know how it all ends. Um, so there, there is a point supposedly where you see Ross's cards at one point and like the hand that he has makes the whole thing impossible. Oh, so um, he does not yeah. have a better boat or a four of a kind. He has nothing, okay. um, based on yeah. the hands in that they're shooting the thing, but like, they're, obviously they're, you're the clear impetus of the episode is that he has her beat and he folds, right? Like yes. there's no other way to read Is it. there anything Rossier than leading your, he's lying to Joey and Chandler. He lets them think that he wasn't, that he, that he wasn't, but beat, then but why jump for the cards then? Because you're lying. And if they see that your cards right. are actually bad, they're not going to let him lie. get away with it. Yeah. Especially with their money. Yeah. All the more reason actually. Interesting. It's interesting that no, that the girls never saw Rachel's hand before they committed the money, and the boys. No, also. yeah, it was just gender loyalty. Yeah, of course they were like, we're yeah, they're good friends. Yeah, but uh, nobody should be on Team Ross here. You should always be on Team Rachel. What in general in life or well, certainly on this evening, <laughs> on this evening for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think we're meant to think that he assured them, like, guys, like, I got this, like, mm. give me the money, like, yeah, we're, like we're winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it's it, a lot yeah. of money, to bet, and then so. he folded. Yeah, 
if it was really if they were really that upset you know he could just reimburse them you know what i mean like he could be like no i wanted her to win here i'll pay you back the ten dollars i owe you or he doesn't want to he doesn't want to even admit that to them right that's also been a running theme no of course not because he doesn't want to admit he gets feelings for rachel which he so obviously which he so obviously doesn't has been discussed like outwardly between them throughout the entire season look how happy she is yeah they go go very back and forth of like what the history of ross and rachel is uh, yeah reality here but whatever you know it's a it's a 90s sitcom um so we have our uh, post credit scene um, where we, you know, we alluded to earlier where we get what I think kind of justifies Monica's what, what must have happened in the uh, Pictionary story. And uh, she has this, this picture of a hand waving back and forth and a perfectly drawn bird and they can't get it by by birdie. And then Rachel gets up and she draws what I would describe as a very badly drawn bean which somehow Joey, of all people, immediately gets for the unbearable lightness of being. I would be um, so mad if I were Monica. <laughs> I would I would do worse than throw a plate. Like, I would be, I would be like, are you kidding? That's a, that is the best bird. Look at that bird. <laughs> yeah. So upsetting. Mm. Uh, uh, we'll have to see if next week's episode starts with um, a, a game of, uh, or maybe just them watching Bye Bye Birdie. That does, would be great. Does, does Matt accept great. control over Bye Bye Birdie? That would be great. If or the unbearable lightness of being, either one. You really. go into Friends and it just cuts you to Bye Bye Birdie that you have to watch the entire Bye mm-hmm. Bye Birdie before you're allowed to resume yeah, with yeah. Friends. And everyone's like, great prank. Mm, yes. Well, we'll have something. Is Bye Bye Birdie about. a movie also? I assume so. I guess they must have made a movie. Yeah. I think it's a show originally. All right. Well, I have a question for Jess. Oh, yeah. He's my, <sighs> he's my best friend. Jess, yes. who is your best friend in this episode? My best friend in this episode is Ross because I think it's a really nice thing that he does for someone as competitive as Ross to be willing to give up the win just to make someone feel better, let alone like a ton of money as well. It was a very nice thing he did. And so I think Ross is the best in this episode. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. We don't we don't get Ross as the best friend a lot over here, but uh, I do like it here. Um, I'm not going to go in that direction. Um, I'm going to instead go with Aunt Iris. Um, she is uh, not only a great poker player; she's an even better bluffer. Like her, her bluffs are great. <laughs> um, but um, it's it's interesting because it's like I watched this episode and like I think I even just like already had even more of a fondness for Aunt Iris than I even remembered, which we've now discovered over the course of the episode is because like I remembered more scenes with her um in my you know somewhere in my memory bank uh but yeah she's like i think she just like comes out like on on fire on in every scene that she's in and i love it um she's great she her her one-liners her references it's all great stuff tony randall i don't even know what the hell that is um i know he's an actor no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding but it's just like so it's like such a no one would reference tony randall now like no one alive knows who that is i think but tony randall was like very very famous right and wasn't he yes wasn't he, 30 years ago yeah. wasn't he very famous for being closeted also oh is that so i don't know i don't yeah. know i'm pretty sure he was a gay orthodox jew who portrayed really? to be a i mean not he wasn't those things at the same time he grew up as an orthodox jew uh-huh. and, and then he presented himself to the public. Yeah, i wouldn't think that a lot of people go in the reverse order yeah and then he presents himself to the public as a very straight gentile is my guess uh-huh. um uh-huh. yeah his his birth name was Arye leonard rosenberg okay Yes, no, that's yeah, that's yeah, definitely that's, a Jewish person. Yeah, much more than Tony Randall. Um, uh, am I incorrect that he's um? Yeah, I might I might be incorrect. It doesn't seem like uh, Ru- Rudy Giuliani of- of- officiated his marriage at the age of seventy five to a twenty five year old. Oh, okay. uh, but other than that, oh, so this guy sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it doesn't say too much about his um about his homosexual. So I, I might be uh apologize uh, to uh Oh, so you might have been you might you anyways, whatever. He's putting in uh, I feel like he, was pretty, he was pretty yeah, he he played um he Well now he is Yes. Well, now he'll yeah. be very famous for it. Yes, anyways. Thanks, Patrick. Um, all right. So she she did not kill Tony Randall. Uh, uh Jess, I hate to do this with you, gang up against you, but um I agree with Av. It has to be an Iris. She's here to teach these girls to play poker. She's got no time for anything else. Uh, you know, Tony Randall or otherwise. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. If we can go to fucking asshole next, I, I think this is the first time I've done this. I have two fucking assholes in this. Two episode. fucking assholes. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that was allowed, but yeah. you uh, you always push the boundaries. Exactly. My fucking assholes are both Ross and Rachel. They cheat at poker. They're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible winners. They're awful trash talkers. These two deserve each other because no one else should have to suffer through being with either one. <laughs> <laughs> Just what, what is your response? Um, I I mean I disagree mostly because it's a friendly game of poker. So I feel like as long as everyone's cool with breaking the rules, then it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, I put down the fucking asshole as Joey because he insults Monica's free food. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think to go literally across the hall to order a pizza and just is whining about Tic Tacs. Like I just feel like. You know what? If this was your poker game and you were all excited, you bring your own freaking chips and dip then. Like if you don't want the fancy, fancy food that Monica has so graciously offered you. For sure. Uh, so, yeah. Plus, he, you know, he's on the boy side and I'm team girls this this episode in the poker game. Yeah. Like I'm an, an equal opportunity insulter. Yeah. Um, I kind of I kind of like feel, feel like they're, I'm on I'm not on either side. Like I really like I'm I'm like with the boys at times and with girl, the girls at times with this episode. Like I see both sides. Mm-hmm. I've, and I've been on both sides. Many fine people on both sides. Yeah, there are. And, you know, yeah. in, in well, I know who the, I know who the fucking asshole is now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, what? Yeah, I called you a fucking asshole. But who's your fucking asshole? <laughs> My fucking asshole. My fucking asshole is Saks Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. for missing out on an excellent assistant buyer. She would go on to do great things at Bloomingdale's, um, and you really missed out. I really overlooked Miss Rachel Green. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Why, it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for Phoebe. Uh, why don't you get us started with five steaks and an eggplant? I surely can. Jess, you know how five steaks and an eggplant works? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. Um, it took Chester like four episodes to understand it. So <laughs> I'm still not really sure. We understand yeah. if it's a little complicated. <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go to our you know Ross and Rachel, and I'm gonna give them two stakes each. Um, I think you know they're they're really the emotional stakes here. I know some of our listeners, some of our writers, inners, um, they they don't love when the when friends go to the Ross and Rachel of all, and I totally get that. I feel like this is an episode where it works. Um, because there's, there's a, I feel like we've all been on one side of this one way or another where, um, you know, this, like there's this friends dynamic and I think they really play that storyline here really well with each other. Um, and I think they both, um, you know, they both get wins in here. They both get losses in here. Um, but I think they really own this episode in a really, in a really good way. Um, I'll give my fifth, uh, stake over to Chandler. Um, cause I really do think he had just like the best line this episode. Um, I wanted to get one over to Monica, but you know, it just wasn't there for her. Phoebe, I feel like, you know, she's kind of has like a neutral episode and I'm going to give the eggplant to Joey for not knowing the difference between a three and an eight. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. I'll let Jess go last and you'll see why. First, we're going to start with Ross. He folded the top hand for his lover. So he absolutely deserves a stake for that. Great job. Joey, 
Steak is a one-syllable word. You can eat it at poker. I'm giving one to Joey for that reason. Monica, she made the salmon uh, roulettes and the crudite, so she gets a steak for that. And her competitiveness, after my own heart, she gets a second steak for that. So that's two steaks for Monica. So that's one for Ross, one for Joey, and two for Monica. Rachel lost a job. She cheated at poker. She only won because of a sympathy fold. It's a tough night for our girl, Rachel. She's getting an eggplant for me. So... That's an eggplant, and that means I have one steak left, and I really don't know what to do because neither Chandler nor Phoebe really did anything for me this episode. So I'm breaking the rules yet again, and with our guest here, I'm going to offer her a steak. So, Jess, I give you a steak. You now have six steaks at an eggplant, and so so dole out one of your steaks on my behalf, and I've counted for the official Chester record. This is unprecedented. Incredible. Awesome. Okay, so first I'm going to start out giving Ross two steaks because I feel like just you gave up money and clout and bragging rights for someone you like. That's a lot. So you get two steaks. I gave Rachel a steak yeah. because I love the lot, the soul for the sole reason of, Ooh, I made you look like it's just, <laughs> it's steak worthy. She deserves a steak for that. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fair. I gave Monica a steak because it is a travesty that no one realized that that Pictionary clue was bye bye birdie. And so she seriously <laughs> yeah. needs that steak. Cause it's, it broke my heart for her. <laughs> Um, Chandler gets a steak because of the dentist joke. I love that dentist <laughs> joke. I think he has a lot of good one-liners this episode, but I, yeah. I especially like the dentist one. So he gets a steak and then I'm going to assign Chester's steak to, I think I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it to Rachel. I think she needs the sympathy steak. She missed out on a job that she really wanted. And obviously we eventually know she's going to get a, an assistant buyer position. But I really thought like she, I, I felt bad when you have a really good interview and then it doesn't end up going out anywhere. It feels worse than if you had a bad interview. Yeah. So Rachel needs that steak and I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it and give Joey the eggplant. Cause I'm seriously upset with him that like, he didn't have a single snack. You're telling me that boy's apartment across the hall doesn't have loads and loads of snacks or leftovers or something. You're going to go with a Tic Tac. It's just like. I don't know. He needs to get with it. He also, you know, he can't tell the difference between threes and eights. And it's just, it's not great for Joey. So hmm. he he gets an eggplant. All right, Ob. So that means Rachel gets both a steak and an eggplant, eggplant for me this week. Look at that. She's a complicated woman. Yeah. Before we get to the postman, Ob. Yeah. I see you shared with me some analysis that was done online by, I guess, someone who froze, freeze framed, froze frame, whatever the past tense is. And was able to see Ross's cards on that final hand. Yeah. So this I referred to earlier, and and, and then we yeah. concluded, oh, so like your whole version doesn't work. But yeah, they do a breakdown of why the cards that he, we see him have could not have resulted in any sort of you know tension in this hand. Yeah, they show him with a three six queen and king, and then they say an unknown card off screen. But three six queen and king, you know, they're not all the same suit. So the only possible thing he could have here at best is is a pair of kings if the fifth card is a king. And no matter what, that's not getting anywhere close to a boat. That's not a hand with which you're calling these bets. It's not a hand with which you would have only traded in one card. So, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. I think we should probably just get to the postman. Let's go for it. Okay. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! I guess there was some screw-up at the damn post office. (laughs) 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 To Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the U.S. post office? No, more like U.S. lost office. (laughs) What are they, Irish? (laughs) Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. Postman, here we are. We will start, and I'm doing the reading this week, so this is a lot of work for me. We will start with Amir Bednarsh, who says, This episode is great. 
and my favorite of the season so far. Thinking about what specifically I liked, I think it boils down to the fact that other than Aunt Iris, the entire episode is basically just the six of them, and half the time it's six all at one table. You really get to see the chemistry and how well they play off another. I give it 4.6 moo points. His main issue, although this seems to be pretty standard for every sitcom ever made, is the actual poker playing is so silly, unlike any poker game any real people's ever played. I assume sitcoms do it this way because it works well comedically, but no one's local poker game looks like this, and any while sitcoms seem to do this. I also think a lot of this is just 1994 local games was different than the games that 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 Av and Amir and I played, you know, in 2001 or 2003 or 2010 or 15 or 20, because that's after the world was introduced to um, you know, Texas hold the money ESPN basically. And Jess, you said that your home game was more similar to this game, really. Yeah. I mean, I played a lot with family growing up and it certainly was less rigid than professional poker. And we also would like dealer got to choose what game you got to play. You could do, I, my favorite was baseball, Ah, um, yes. but I also would play games where I, I loved game where it was no peak. No peak was my favorite. I don't know if that's even official term in poker, but <laughs> What's no, what, what is no peak? <laughs> no peak is when your hand is on the table and you flip one card at a time. So you don't even know what you have. Um, I don't know if that's like the game or if that's a style of a different game. Cause it's, again, this is like very much in my childhood, so I'm not sure, hmm. but I also liked, uh, making up my own. like, Oh, threes and sevens are wild just cause I wanted threes and sevens to be wild, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's so very much, yeah. yeah, very much like not professional poker at all. Uh, Av and I have an acquaintance, Danny, who, uh, when we were in college, Danny and I and some others had a game we like to play, which was highly complicated, and I do not remember the name of or the rules of, but I just remember it being unique to our that circle, and I tried to introduce it to mm -hmm. other circles, and they were not interested. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's go back to our friend Amir. He says, Ross says, you better hop out of the shower, because I got a flush. And Amir says, growing up, he was 100% right about how toilets and showers work. The water always changed suddenly if someone flushed. I can't recall when or how that ceased to be the case. It never happens anymore. Whatever happened to that? Is that true that that ever happens? Because if you flush a toilet when uh, Dr. Jen is in the shower, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> is that so? Yeah. I don't um, have this issue. I mean, we only have yeah. one bathroom, though, so no one's going to be flushing the toilet while you're in the shower unless they're, like, not, you know, just randomly running yeah. in and doing it. Yeah. yeah. So may maybe so maybe Jen is just afraid of it because of what she grew up thinking, but it's not actually. So I should start testing it out and see what happens. Yeah. I I think that this is a a problem that is much less prevalent in like modern plumbing. Mm. Right? I mean, my my house my house was built in 1870, and the plumbing is very old, so maybe that's why it's still a problem for us. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, there you go. That's why he's on the issue. Get, get right, a better house. Yeah, I need a newer house. Let's go to Elizabeth Barry. She says, "Hey, friends, three friends today. What hand is Phoebe trying to get with the ten of spades and the six of clubs?" Very excellent question. Um, Phoebe, not the sharpest poker player here. Uh, Elizabeth gives this episode 4.1 moo points. Her best friend, uh, like Av and I, is Aunt Iris. The asshole is Ross. He's mean. A close second is Marcel for playing the Lion Sleeps tonight over and over and over. And um, Elizabeth also gives us steaks and eggplants, a steak for Chandler for all the jokes, uh, Kampooper skills, the Jamestown Colony, the Yaya's, the Fifth Dentist, the Joe incidents. Yeah, that's a lot of jokes. Good job by uh, Chandler and by Elizabeth uh, compiling them. Three stakes for Rachel for trying so hard to get a new job, having a great interview, and winning at poker. And one for Phoebe for realizing that poker is Joker with a P. And as always, <laughs> for Elizabeth, the eggplant goes to Ross. Zachary Louie says, hey, Alex and Av and Jess, last week's two-parter is a tough act to follow, but I think this episode does a pretty admirable job. Not a lot of plot, but definitely some good laughs. I enjoy the Geller's competitiveness, especially Monica. 
a good continuation from her attitude in the foosball table episode. And Iris was funny. Yeah. I'm not sure how good of a teacher she is since the girls lose all their money to the following poker night. Uh, <laughs> Zachary, show some respect. It's the not the teacher's fault. It is the student's fault. Um, everyone, including myself, has complained about the tedious nature of applying for jobs, but I'm sure glad I never had to mail a mass amount of physical CVs. That seems even more miserable than online applications. None of the Marcel stuff in the series has really worked for me, but I think his obsession with In the Jungle, The Mighty Jungle is a pretty funny bit. Ooh, so uh, uh, Zach, uh, Zachary's uh, zagging here when everyone else is zigging. He says that catching up on only murders in the building is skewing his TV watching experience. <laughs> he says, I'm now looking for twists where there are none to be found. I was certain that Rachel was bluffing about losing out on the job and was just using the sympathy to clean out Ross. Oh my God. Oh, that is <laughs> this would have shown that good. she learned to bluff and compete with the guys in poker. But I guess Ross willingly folded to give her the win. It makes more sense for the series long Ross Rachel dynamic. At the end, when Joey and Chandler realize or at least suspect that Ross let her win, they all lunge for the table where they dive in to see Ross's cards or to try and grab their money back. Oh, I assumed it was the cards. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. I think that was the intention was the cards. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not they, they wanted, can't take they the money. Want... It's it's Rachel's money. So they'd be yeah, exactly. Rachel, not Ross at that point. No, yeah, even though he still folded, regardless of whether he had her beat, he folded. Yeah. Like yeah. Right. he can't even if he had that or cards, he can't get his money back now. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's too late. And uh, Zachary gives it 3.9 moo points. He says, for a very funny and casual episode. Zachary, what do you mean by casual there? I'm curious. His best friend is Rachel for her ambitions in job hunting and poker, especially the way that he interpreted it. The fucking asshole is Monica. Nobody's too bad in this episode, but I'll go with the overly competitive Monica. As someone that has also smashed a plate in anger, I have to admit neither Pictionary nor Fantasy Football are suitable reasons to play disc golf with the dining set. <laughs> um, I will say I have never um, broken a dish in anger, but I had a dish thrown at me in anger once. Really? <laughs> Yeah, well, this, I, is, this we need to hear. I um, how, did, how has this all not come up until now? This episode, I don't know. Um, it was Jen's birthday in two thousand and six, so it was December twenty first, two thousand six, and um, the night before we, I went out with her and her friends, and I retired earlier than she wanted me to retire because I actually had work the next day because I was not a college student like them. Um, but from her perspective, I was a very selfish and bad boyfriend who was ruining her birthday party by leaving early, and the next morning. I woke up very early before I had to go to work and I made her breakfast in bed and I crossed the street to where she lived across the street from me because uh, we did not spend the night together that night. And I brought her breakfast in bed. And when I gave it to her, she took the plate and she chucked it at me. <laughs> <laughs> so bygones had not become bygones overnight. And uh, she was still very mad that I left early the night before. Yes. So I had a plate thrown at me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was a long time. What a story. I think the statute of limitations has expired. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. Zachary Louis uh, was giving us some steaks and eggplants. Two steaks for Rachel wanting to find a better job when he big hand. I guess you sure she didn't actually win. Well, no, she did actually win, right? Maybe Ross folded and gave it to her, but she, a, win, a win is a win. Uh, a steak to Chandler. A win is a win. However, you get the first in to fold. Exactly. Um, a steak for Chandler for being able to break up the bad things that happened to him with a movie. What am I missing here? I don't know. Um, I think I'm missing a reference here. Uh, a steak to Monica. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, this, a steak to Monica for adding more dishes to her kill count this episode. <laughs> um, a steak to Joey for immediately guessing whatever that bean thing was. An eggplant to Monica. Not too much eggplant worthy behavior. <laughs> I give the eggplant to Monica. She's right at my fucking asshole. So you get the eggplant as well. I can't believe we are so far into season one already. I would have never liked to watch a show if you if you guys didn't select it for the podcast. So thanks for all the laughs and entertainment so far. Thank you so much to Zachary. Um, oh, nice letter is from Kyle King, who says another classic episode. However, even as a Ross defender, give him a thousand eggplants. All right, I'll add a thousand to the form. It's official. Such a jerk this episode, uncharacteristically <laughs> so. 
I agree with Kyle here. As I said, it's like, it's like the dork trying to be uh, funny yeah, and trying to come off all tough. It, it does not look good. He's too mature to act like a middle, middle schooler with a crush, uh, which is a great call by Kyle. We were uh, analogizing it to pulling hair. Kyle says there were also some situations played for jokes that weren't realistic, such as Joey wanted to call for pizza, but Rachel not letting him. Her apartment is, his apartment is 15 feet away. He could use his own phone. So Kyle agrees with you, Jess, about that. But Joe, but Kyle says this episode is hilarious. The girls learning poker was great. Chandler had some great sarcastic one-liners as did Joey. The line of the episode has to go to the line I still use all the time. The fifth dance has finally caved, and now everyone's yeah. like, So he agrees with you guys. Yeah. That is a Chandler original. Yeah. Four moves for Kyle King. Uh, next, we have Beat Rose as we continue our way through the postman. Uh, Beat Rose says, crazy how dated this seems to not reference Hold'em. It's only three years before Rounders comes out. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Rounders. That was pretty influential also. Um how do you think Chandler and Joey dealt with the money they had loaned to Ross and the assumption that he was going to try to win the hand? I mean, I think Ross can afford to pay them back the, the what is it, mm -hmm. the $17. It felt like Rachel was on a long losing streak getting rejected from all those jobs. It seems like it's been 20 years since she's had a win. It was nice of Ross to let Rachel have one win today. Uh, Ross gets a stake for making progress with Rachel, even in a minor way. Two each for Chandler and Joey for winning various poker games throughout and ending up in the positive after selling up with Ross. Rachel gets an eggplant. She needs to improve her resume writing skills and interviewing skills. Also very concerning overconfidence in the poker game with a losing hand. And uh, Beat's best friend is Iris and Beat's asshole is Barbara for rejecting Rachel for the job that I assume Rachel would be good at. Oh, wow, that's like what you said. Uh, except uh, Beat blames only Barbara. Uh, not the whole... That's actually exactly. yeah, not, 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 not the whole. <laughs> right, not the whole. <laughs> yeah, they're all assholes. I, I, I suppose that's fair. Yeah. All right, Jack. Yeah, well, from... they like Barbara, they'll like Rachel. So I'm right. Yeah. A little hard to hear you off, a little garbled, but um, but we uh, we appreciate your presence nonetheless. Jim right. Crumley says the end of the poker plot may be the biggest tent pole so far in the Ross Rachel relationship. The first poker scene was a bit too sitcommy, but they get better. Though draw poker is seen as an old man's game, I think it works best for drama and movies. Texas Hold'em would have sucked the whole life out of the last scene. The episode also had several references that the youngs may not get anymore: the Colonel Boogie, the unbearable lightness of being, department stores, etc. Three point eight moves for Jim. The fucking asshole is the buyer at Saks. Having a nice conversation during the interview and leading Rachel on is one thing, but hanging up abruptly when you call to tell her she didn't get the job is a fucking asshole move. Jim's right. We we sort of glossed over this. Yeah, but it's true. Yeah, he, they um, Barbara hangs up on Ross on on Rachel while she's sort of just sort of doing the uh, pleasantries at the end of the call. So very very rude by Barbara there. The come with guy is Ross, despite his competitive bravado. He's a softy. Eggplant gets a uh, for Monica for the Pictionary incident and a stake for Rachel for using her feminine wiles to get Ross to let her win a poker. Chan well, I don't even think Rachel did that. Rachel thinks she beat him fair and square. Or, or that she beat him with the cards, excuse me. Yes, that's yeah. what Rachel thinks. Yes. Yeah. Although beating someone with feminine wiles is actually more impressive than with cards, right? Like a good poker player doesn't win because of the cards. They win because of, you know, their uh, their attitude. Um, another stake for Chandler for the best quips of the episode. And then Ross, a three-stake night for Ross. Wow, from Jim Crumley. One for stopping the monkey from playing the song. One for beating Rachel at poker. One for giving his friend a bright spot on a tough day. Uh, I don't want to spoil you, Jim, but I think uh, Ross is hoping she's a little more than a friend. Um, all right. We, and then we uh, <laughs> next one is Zach Brooks, who says, I remember this as my first friend's episode, all because of Phoebe's Joker wow. is poker with a J joke. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Av, or, 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 or Jess, either one of you, do you remember what your first episode of Friends was? I don't because it was one of those shows that we watched as a family when I was a kid. So I really have because no, I've seen every episode so many times. It, it had to be an early season, though. What about you, Av? 
I, I definitely don't have one in particular, but as I've been saying, this is among one of the first that I remember yeah. at least. But yeah, it's, I, it's very hard. It's all a blur. I watched yeah, it so many. Because it's just a show that ways. was in PBS, DVDs. Yeah. yeah. As Jess says, this show was just in the ether. What like Curb? I remember Crazy Eyes Killer because my friend said, "Hey, you have to watch this episode of this show," and so that's what got me into it. But Friends yeah. and Seinfeld were already in syndication by the time I was, you know, right. 12, 15 years old. So well, because it was, I specifically remember Thursdays at eight p.m. was when Friends new episodes came on. But every single night at seven thirty, I think it was, they had reruns, and yeah. I think it was like was it TBS right. or something. And so we would not only be watching reruns every single night, but we would also be then watching the new episodes. So it's all just one big mush for me. Right. It's right. Yeah. And it was it was also it was on TBS. It was also on like one of our like local like I think it was on a channel 11 local affiliate. Yep. Um, so it was just like it was always on. So, yeah, it's, it's very hard to know in what or so anything at the very beginning. This is mm-hmm. so long ago. Very impressive by Zach Brooks knowing um, exactly which episode, though. Um, mm-hmm. Zach points out that Rachel got the yeah. job call on what seems to be either a Friday or a Saturday night. I wouldn't want to work at a place that doesn't respect work life balance. Um, I'm jealous of Zach because most of my jobs have no compunctions about calling on weekends or any other time. Um, I can't decide if Rachel or Ross is more annoying this episode, says Zach. I would encourage him to be the both <laughs> fucking assholes as I did. Um, Zach says Chandler had a ton of really funny jokes. He's getting a steak. But he also gets an eggplant for wearing that shirt at poker night. The photo is in the WhatsApp group. Yes. He shared a photo in the in the uh, friends, pretty good friends WhatsApp group. Of Chandler's shirt. What was so terrible about Chandler's shirt? I, I thought he was making a joke about I think you should leave with the intricate designs. <laughs> ah, did, did you think there was anything specifically bad about that shirt? I mean, it was I mean, it was typically like loud, not cool, like 90s shirt. But like, yeah, yeah I, nothing that you get an stood out more than any other shirt that Chandler wears. Yeah. Uh, a stake for Joey's Tic Tac zone and his response to Ross saying he's shy. A stake for Ross's Snapple? Snapple? What am I missing here? All right, I might be missing something. Uh, this episode gets a bump for being my first episode, but it's also great to display their chemistry. Four and a half moves for Zach Brooks. That is a huge number of moves. Four and a half. And let us go to Olin Allen. He is last. So my wife is one of the biggest Lion King fans, yet hates Elton John, and still The Lion Sleeps Tonight is her least favorite song from the musical, both film and stage. Meanwhile, Captain Boogie's March, they hum at the start, is the main theme to my second favorite Oscar Best Picture winner, Bridge on the River Kwai. Ah, yes, that is what that's from. I have seen that, actually. <laughs> um, it's also popular with ice cream vans. <laughs> ice cream vans. Oh. For me, it's popular with uh, songs that immature boys like myself sing about their scrotum. The best friend for Olin, he's tempted to go with Marcel again, but I will go unexpected and give it to Rachel, just being single-minded and taking steps towards improving her career and finding suitable opportunities. And the fucking asshole Olin says is Ross, my God. It is so Ross. Rachel, the best friend, <laughs> is going to get three stakes, pursuing a career change, playing strong, hard, aggressive poker, but not as aggressive as her barbs at Ross. Monica with a stake for getting her and the girls trained up. Phoebe with a stake for being a super nice, friendly poker player. And an eggplant to Ross. Either man up and compete or be up front to Rachel. You dweeb! And so the total <laughs> for Olin is 3.7 moves. And that brings us now to our rankings. This is all a moo point. <laughs> A moo point? Yeah, it's moo. Jess, would you like to go first? How many moo points do you give this episode? So I gave this episode 4.5 moo points. 
Reasoning being, I feel like when the group is all together, it's always a really excellent episode. Uh, I think like most characters had something they were bringing to the table this episode. So I really, when you have an ensemble cast in a show like this, I, I wait a lot of, you know, I have put a lot of weight on, does everybody get their moment in the sun? And I feel like most characters do. I think Joey is the one to me that feels a little lacking in this episode, but overall really good. I think that the jokes are great. I love the group ensemble. I like the Ross racial dynamic. I love the like bickering back and forth. I, anytime we get note of like, you know, any sort of moment with Monica being competitive, I'm happy. So 4.5, I really, really like this episode. Mm. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. I'll let you go last. I'm going to be a little bit of mm-hmm. the contrarian here. Unfortunately, I do think that the poker showdown is an iconic scene, and it is a critical step in the Ross Rachel relationship after nothing has happened for weeks. But I kind of struggle handing out my steaks and eggplants, and I think it's representative about how I'm kind of torn about this episode. I, I just, I just don't love it as much as everyone else does, and it really is everyone else. Uh, the total internet rankings have this as the number two episode that we have seen so far behind only the blackout. Uh, This is an episode that many lists have in their top 50 in their top 30 in their top 20 in their top 15. Uh, This is a very, very popular and beloved episode, all the poker Uh, and spoiler alert. I think with only uh, six more to go this season, it it will finish season one as the second most popular episode in the season after the blackout. So everyone else seems to be much higher on it than me. I will say that I will give it 3.2 moo points which will place a 10th for me of the 18 episodes we've seen so far, just ahead of the one with the dozen lasagnas, which is when we had last to deal with a much nastier aunt than Aunt Iris. That was Aunt Syl. So 3.2 for me. Av, I'm guessing you're going to be closer to Jess and most of our listeners, but tell me, what, what, what how many move points are you going for? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief because I know my, my internet is not amazing. Um, I, um, I am not only close to Jess, I am spot on exactly Woo! with Jess. Um, I'm going to give this episode four and a half moot points. Um, I previously had my number one episode, the one with the blackout, at 4.4 moot points. So this is one. now my new favorite episode of Friends um, so far that we've seen. Um, I do find, you know, it, it's okay to not be on the same page, Alex. I do find that to be like a shockingly low score. I mean, like that means you're saying that the one with the sonogram at the end was a better episode to me that's like that's a that's a bold statement maybe i'm just more uh excited <laughs> to see a new baby coming into the world yeah yeah <laughs> I, I okay know, you know, yeah listen, no, trying to make no. me match up episode by episode <laughs> no. at this point yeah not not you're not sure if these these rankings are official is what yeah. you would say no i do what i actually <laughs> what i actually did for my ranking is i went i looked at all the episodes i've watched so far in order from from highest rank to lowest rank and i mm-hmm. slotted this in where i slotted it in so i didn't yeah. compare it one-on-one against every episode above it and below it but i found a slot where i thought the episodes above it i liked more the episodes below it i like less so that's what i'm sticking with but even with my 3.2 between your 4.5 and just 4.5 and the listeners where are we overall yeah, so we have an audience score of 4.13. That is well above the previous high audience score, was, which was the most recent episode, the one with two parts, with a 3.75, was our highest audience score. So this is quite a big, big uptick for that, um, our new favorite episode of the audience. Um, we guess is 4.5. We've averaged that in with Alice's 3.2. Yeah, that's a test overall. My 4.5, um, we'll take it up a notch, and we come out to a 4.08 
Um, that is our fourth ranked episode. So Alex really uh, doing a lot of the heavy lifting on dragging this one down. Mm. But for him, um, I think this would have been our new number one. But uh, so it goes. Uh, we have a number four behind the stone guy and the two parts and the blackout. All right. Well, don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> Next week, we have the one where the monkey gets away. Now, Jess, will you be coming back for the monkey or will, uh, will we no, be, I've uh, had enough. Marcel Marcel. Marcel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, but uh, you'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll shore up some of our technical issues, and we'll, um, I guess, we'll have to spend more time with Marcel because he'll leave. But I'm guessing he doesn't leave for good because I remember him being around a little bit longer. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jess. Jess, where can we find you when you are not uh, discussing friends with us? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Jess Sterling. Uh, normally, I'm over on Post Your Recaps. Currently, I'm talking about Billions with Josh Wiggler. Um, we're finishing up our coverage of the show Community. We have one more podcast to go. And then I just launched full spoiler recaps with Grace Leader, where we're kind of binge watching shows as they come out to get coverage out as quickly as possible, all in one podcast. Uh, beyond that, I also talk a ton of 90s content over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. Sarah Ferguson and I are finishing up Dawson's Creek. That was like a three and a half year endeavor, I think. Uh, we have in the backlogs, we did Boy Meets World. And very soon we're going to be doing Felicity. And we're currently doing Freaks and Geeks, which has been a ton of fun. So go mm. check out that coverage at Shit 90s Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And do you do you think of Friends is a 90s show? It's a 90s show. Oh, right? I mean, it's the yeah. epitome of a 90s show. Oh, it is the yeah. 90s show. It's on the pantheon of 90s shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though it goes into half of the next decade as well. I, in my opinion, a true 90s show, either like, has the majority of its seasons in the nineties. I feel like that's how I would classify it. Or at the very least begins in the nineties because Dawson's yeah. Creek is the same way. It ends in the early aughts, but it's yeah. a classic nineties show. Yeah. But friends is certainly a half generation later than other nineties shows, such as, you know, like Seinfeld Club, for example. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, catch Jess there for her. Thank you, Jess. Or anything Thanks else. for um, having me. I will talk to you next week. Bye.